second, I feel like um, sometimes it's hard to sing that. You've never failed me yet. When you feel like God might have failed, I just want us to wait on God for a few moments. Jesus, I just thank you that you've never failed us, even when it feels like it, Jesus. God, we just choose to believe in your faithfulness tonight. Great is your faithfulness, Jesus. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, to to us personally, but to this church, Lord, I'm declaring tonight, great is your faithfulness. And we just look to you. I just encourage you, just lift your eyes to him. Just let everything else go in this moment. tonight, Jesus. We're expectant. Because we know when we gather, God, you always want to speak. You always want to give us good things, Lord. So tonight we just say, come Holy Spirit. Come right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Move in this place, I pray, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. For those of you who I haven't met, who don't know me, and it's so good to be here tonight. So why don't you say hi to someone on your way back to your seats, give someone a high five, but don't sit too far back. Lots of seats up the front. Cool. Let's give our worship team a clap. That awesome. Pip, you are um. There's just something about you, girl. You are such a go-getter. I just feel like there's such a freedom that you bring and just never lose that, that guts, that, um, I don't even know what it is. It's just something God's put in you when you get up there. You're just like, I'm just going for this. I don't care if no one else comes with me. I'm just going for it. But people do follow you and it's amazing. So just thanks for who you are, Pip. You're amazing. Hey, I might move this a bit closer or do I have to stay on the carpet, Lottie? Okay, that's a bit better. How's everyone doing? Yeah, cool. I'm just going to have some water. I always sing, I always lose my voice after worship. I get a bit excited. I love worship. Cool. Well, it's such an honor to be here with you tonight at Real Life Church. I love this church. I, um, yeah, I love this church and I love your senior pastors, Lottie and Loz. Do you know, it's going to make me sound really old or maybe it'll make Lottie sound old. <laughs> but do you know that Lottie was my youth pastor back in the day at Macquarie Life Church? I gave him hell. I don't know if you're allowed to say hell in church. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. Um, I was a bit cheeky, wasn't I, Lottie? <laughs> I was a PK, and if you're a PK, I don't know, there's just a cheekiness that comes upon you. And um, Lottie was so good, yeah. So I think it was probably like 1999, pretty much from 2004 to 2005 he was my youth pastor him and Loz and um, the funny thing is that I am now a youth pastor with my husband Wiley some of you might know Wiley we're at um, well our church is called Hope You See Newcastle now which was Globe I've still got to get that right so name change but um, the funny thing is that we're youth pastors now and sometimes on a Friday night or at summer camp when some cheeky kid (laughs) is giving me a bit of grief I think oh wow Lord is this is this what it was like for Lottie (laughs) This is what it was like for Lottie when he had to put up with me. So God's got a funny way of um, not letting you get away with anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, we're youth pastors, me and Wiley, and we love it. And um, we're at Hope You See Newcastle. So 
um, many of you know our previous senior pastor, Robbo, and we've just done a bit of a transition, which is, almost, which is awesome, and we've come under the banner of um, Hope You See under Mark and Darlene Chet, which is really cool, and um, Robbo is still on staff at Hope You See, and everything's going awesome, and yeah, change is good. It happens a lot in the kingdom of God. So let me get into it. Tonight, our theme is, I am who he says I am. Everyone say it with me. I. Good, you're going to say it more convinced at the end. <laughs> so we're talking about identity, our identity in Christ. And I actually love this topic. I think identity is such an important topic because it's so foundational to our life, our identity. It affects everything, knowing who we are. And the other reason I feel like this is such an important topic and your identity in Christ is such an important topic is, do you know that your identity is going to be one of the most contested areas of your life? It's going to be tested. It's going to be tried. It's going to be challenged. It's probably going to be attacked. And just, I don't know about you, but just when I think I've got my identity sort of nailed down and I'm like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing in life. Um, Bam! (laughs) Something happens and the rug's ripped out from beneath you or circumstances change and you feel like you're sort of discovering who you are all over again. But I love what Ephesians 1, 11 to 12 says in the message. It says this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. How good's that? So like pressure's off because it's in Christ. And I could probably just tell you to go home right now because that's the key, but it's in Christ. Everything comes from Him. And most people actually don't know who they are because they're not in Christ. It's only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. But, you know, tonight as I, as I was just praying for you guys and um, preparing, I really felt to um, focus on a particular guy in the Bible who had his identity changed, really. And I really want to talk specifically tonight about those seasons in your life where God comes and redefines you and reshapes you. And I've found in my life that my identity is often sort of revealed in two ways or through two different seasons. The first one is seasons where things are being added to you. So for instance, I'm, well, I don't know if I'm still newlywed. How long are you technically newlywed for? I've been married for 18 months. Oh, there you go, Pip. It hasn't quite been two years. So, you know, I'm newlywed. So that was a new part of my identity, you know, being a wife or it might be when you become a new parent and there's all those beautiful seasons where there's new layers and depth of who you are and things get added to you. But then there's the other side of that. There's seasons in life when things are stripped away. And what I really felt to say tonight is this. Our truest identity is often revealed through times of pain. Our truest identity often comes through times of pain. God uses pain to redefine us and actually to reveal who we truly are. So I want to look at Jacob tonight. Jacob's a fascinating character in the Bible. We're not going to obviously go through all of his story, but there's this particular chapter I really felt to focus on and just pull out a few things um, of this particular interaction he has. So if you've got your Bibles, you can get them ready at Genesis 32, 23 to 32. Who loves having their Bible on their phone? Who's still a bit old school like me? You do both, right? No judgment here whatever works. So Jacob was the son of Isaac and Rebekah. He's, um, he was a 
10, twin brother to Esau. And it's so crazy in the Bible, right? I love how they do things in the Bible. So Jacob's name means um, deceiver or schemer or one who follows on another's heel. Because basically when he was born, um, Esau was the eldest, so he came out first. And then the Bible talks about that he was literally clasping the heel of his brother. So that's how he got his name. I don't know if that's fascinating to you. Like these days we name kids like, oh, that's a really nice name or a pretty name or a strong name. In the Bible it was like, whatever you looked like at birth or sort of like I think Esau means like hairy like I don't know you're just glad that doesn't happen anymore that just sort of occurs to me when I read the Bible I'm, like, I'm so glad we've sort of changed how we name people but anyway so that's his name that's what he was named and he Jacob rose to position really in his family by manipulating he sort of lived up to his name which is a whole nother sermon <laughs> um, but he tricked his father Isaac into giving him um, the firstborn blessing that was for Esau. It's a fascinating story and we won't go into it. But um, where we're going to pick up is uh, Jacob's now married and um, he's just set out with his family and his property to go back to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. And he basically hears about the approach of his brother Esau, who has like 400 men with him. So he's preparing for the worst. He's not sure what's going to happen in this encounter. So he sends his family ahead of him. Um, but he remains behind, and that's where we're going to pick up. So let's read Genesis 32 from verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabuk. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, because it is be saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. And then it goes on to say how the sun rose above him and he basically limped off. He was still limping because of his hip. This is sort of like a weird scripture, like it's, pretty fascinating but um so he's left alone and then he has this wrestle his hip is put out of joint and then he gets this blessing so um many scholars believe it's good to point out that the man he wrestled with they mainly believe it was either like an angel of God or it was perhaps even Jesus himself that had come down and manifested in human form so it's good to point out that it was like wasn't just some random guy it was like a divine being so it was like an angel and this is such a significant sort of verse for Jacob because he basically comes away with a whole new identity, like a whole new identity change. But there's three things I just want to pull out of this verse tonight about this interaction and this interaction that resulted in him having a completely new name. And the first one is this. I love this. In verse 24, it simply says this. So Jacob was left alone. And here's the thing, church. I really believe that knowing who you are in God comes from being alone with God 
And, you know, there's been seasons in my life where it's like all of a sudden I found, I found myself alone or a bit isolated or um, in a new city with not many people around. And it's like God purposefully sometimes pulls you aside away from the crowd to reveal who you are in Him. God speaks in the aloneness. And I, I think this is actually really significant because I realise, you know, the same thing happened to Jesus. In Matthew 4, just as he's starting his ministry, um, it says, Matthew 4, 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he was alone there. And um, it was it's such an interesting time because Jesus really, what is happening is his identity is tested. You know, the enemy comes to him a number of times, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God. And here's the thing, it's not enough to know who you are in the crowd. You've got to know when you're alone because that's when who you are is really tested. It's sort of easy to like, when you're around your friends and family and other Christians sort of be like, yeah, this is who God says I am, I know who I am. But honestly, it's in those seasons or those times when you're alone that that's when it's really tested. But it's also when God can reveal more of who we are in Him. I am who He says I am, not what the crowd says, not my friends and not even those closest to me. And... Um, I was thinking this week about when I first started dating Wiley, he's a sanguine. Put your hand up if you're a sanguine people person. Come on, be proud. Gee, where's all the sanguines in your church, Lottie? They're out partying. (laughs) Put your hand up if you're like me. You're a bit more melancholic or a bit more introverted. Don't really like people. No, you're joking. You know what I mean. Um, When I first started dating Wiley, I think we'd only been on like probably one date and he was sort of sussing me out for what I was doing that weekend. And I remember being like, um, oh, I'm going away. And he was like, oh, who are you going away with? And I was like, by myself (laughs) for two days. And he was like, because it's just something I like to do now and then. He was like, I can't imagine anything worse than that. Like he could not even comprehend that. Like he can't bear to be away from people for more than two seconds. And for me, I'm like, heaven on earth. I don't want to talk to anyone for a day. I don't want to see anyone. Some people are nodding at me. <laughs> but it was just funny because, I don't know, not, you know, you often marry your opposite, don't you, Pip? Is that true? <laughs> but I've developed this habit, and we're all different, but for me, I need this habit of probably every six months now, I still actually go away, whether it's one day or two days by myself with God. And I often need to do it in a time, a season of testing. Because, you know, when you're in a season of testing, you need to get alone with God to hear what He's saying. It's no good just doing your normal thing, being around whatever, and all the other voices of what people's saying. God speaks clearest, I believe, when we're alone with Him. And that's exactly what happened with Jacob. So I just want to say tonight, if you're actually, you feel like you're in that season where if you're sort of being pulled aside or if it might be out of your control that you find yourself a bit alone. I just want to say, actually don't despise those seasons. Allow God to draw you close and to reveal more of who you are in Him. The second thing I want to say tonight is this. God uses the process of pain to reveal who we are in Him. Oh, ouch. But this is what we see happens to Jacob. Verse 25, it's quite fascinating. So when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Now, I've never had my hip put out or the socket wrenched out, but I can imagine that was quite painful. Like this isn't a pleasant experience. This is, he, and um, they say that basically Jacob limped for the rest of his life. 
Like he carried that wound and that restriction and that impairment for the rest of his life. But this is the thing about pain, I believe. Pain forces you to lean into God. And I really believe that a season of pain can actually reveal more about yourself and more about the nature of God than a season of prosperity can. Seasons of prosperity are great when things are going great. But a season of pain, it strips everything back and you'll know more about God, I can guarantee, in that season, more about what He says about you in that season than you will in a season where you're going well. You know, and I um, actually really want to, on a side note, talk to people in their 20s tonight because I know there's a few young adults here and I don't know what it is about your 20s. Mine sort of sucked a bit. Like they started good, pretty bad in the middle, ended on a high because I married Wiley when I was 29, so that was good. But um, your 20s is sort of a funny season because I feel like when you're a teenager, you're so excited about life and then sort of the reality of life hits you. I mean, life's great, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um, I just really felt to say tonight, you know, in your 20s, it can often be a time of disappointment, of pain. And whether that's just something like um, a relationship breakup or not getting the job you want or just broken dreams, disillusionment about life, or maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're like, hey, I'm in my late 20s, I'm in 20s and I'm not married and I thought I would be by now. You know, the loss of dreams. But I just want to say this to you. If you use the pain, if you allow in this season that disappointment, and it might even not be a big thing, it might just be a bit of a disillusion. If you allow that to draw you closer to God, it will reveal a greater depth to you and to Him than you've ever known. And I just really want to encourage our young adults with that because in, our, in your 20, your late teens and 20s, you know, I've been in church for a while now, it's when you see a lot of people move away from God. And it's it's often an underlying disappointment or disillusionment. But I just want to speak into that t tonight and say God is faithful. Like we were singing, He is so faithful. If you go the distance with God, you will not regret it. And He will use your pain. He will turn your pain around and He will use it. And the other thing I love about this is um, straight after Jacob's hip got put out, it's amazing because it's like he fires up and he says this. Um, the man says, let me go. And he, Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And I think sometimes in pain, God's actually drawing things out of us that we didn't even know were there. It's like in Jacob, we see this, like there's this fierceness, this passion, this determinedness, this grit that comes upon him. And all of a sudden he's like, no, 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 that's, I, I want this blessing. I want this. And he goes for it. And it's incredible for Jacob because he had stolen his brother's blessing. It was like a counterfeit blessing. But it's like, this is a bit of a point for him where out of that pain, he's like, nah, I want the real deal. I want what has been promised to me. I want the blessing. Allow the pain, whether it's people going through um, big pain and loss tonight or just the small pangs of life, the disappointments, allow it to draw you to God. You, he will reveal. You know, it, it's in a time of blessing, it's you don't really know that you're more than a conqueror. You know when you know you're more than a conqueror when you're going through some stuff. That's when, like, you know, I've, I now know who I am in Christ, that, you know, I'm loved, that I'm more than a conqueror, that I am able, that I'm strong in Him. And that's come out of those seasons of pain. <laughs> it hasn't come out this, out of the seasons of prosperity. 
So allow God to do a work in your life during those seasons. And the last point tonight, we're probably going to go early. Is that good? (laughs) We'll see how we go. (laughs) God, point number three, God renames our hurt and brokenness. God is the ultimate renamer and the ultimate redefiner. I love this about God. And we see it through the Bible so many times, you know, Abram to Abraham, um, Sarai to Sarah, Simon to Peter. He's the ultimate renamer. So this is in verse 27 to 28. The man asked him, excuse me, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. So Israel means may God prevail or he struggles with God and has overcome. I love that. Because here's the thing, church. We define ourselves by our mistakes and our pain, but God defines us by his promise and his goodness. You know, and we do it with all the time. We do it all the time with the labels we put on ourselves and the way um, we define ourselves. I've just, um, in the last three years, had a bit of a health struggle with chronic fatigue and it hasn't been um, t- completely severe, but at times it's been really debilitating and I'm actually, and I'm not sort of through it yet, but God has really challenged me in, the, in those seasons of how even I define it and label myself. You know, if you've ever had a chronic illness, it's very easy to become, that just become a part of you. Like I've got, I've got chronic fatigue, but it's funny, you know, God even challenges me when I'm talking about it. It's like, no, I, I battle with chronic fatigue. I struggle with chronic fatigue, but it's actually not who I am. You know, it's actually not the way God defines me. It's a current struggle and it's a current battle, but it's not what God defines me as. We get caught up in our failures in what we've lab- we have labelled ourselves or others have, but God is never put off by that. He's always ready to redefine you. He, in fact, He loves it. God delights in renaming things. And this is what I just feel like He's saying tonight. You are who I say you are. You are not who they say you are or have said you are. You are not your current circumstances or failures. You are not your current struggle. You are who I say you are. And that's what I love about this. God's definition of us goes beyond the facts to faith. When God defines us, he goes beyond, we don't ignore the facts, you know. We don't just walk around as Christians like, oh, I'm just going to ignore, you know, (laughs) head in the sky. We don't ignore the facts, but God speaks to us beyond the facts. He speaks to us in faith. I keep like, I love walking around and then I'm like, oh, I've got to go back to my notes. It's a good workout. And I love this story of Jacob because it's such a funny question when the angel's like, what is your name? It's like, well, what a silly question. Like, and of course he's going to answer Jacob, but I just love the response. It's like, you are no longer. And I just feel like, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was going to breathe on that tonight. It's like, he's going, no, you are no longer that. And he says to Jacob, you are Israel because you have struggled with God and you have overcome. And I, re- I wanted to share something tonight. I, often, I don't always share um, 
parts of my testimony, but I just wanted to share a little bit tonight as we come to a close. Good, we're going good for time. I um, previously, before I was married to Wiley, I was um, I'd been married before before that to someone else um, in my early twenties, and about um, five years ago, that marriage broke down and um, we separated and, and then divorced, and. That was about on the eve of, I think, my 26th birthday. And obviously, that was a really heartbreaking time, very traumatic, very, um, yeah, obviously heartbreaking. And there'll be people sitting here tonight that have been through divorce and there's nothing nice about it. And I remember in the middle of that, probably um, probably about after nine months, I was just in this weird season because it was like I was, um, I was separated. So I, I was, in a lot of ways, I was single and living by myself, um, but I was still sort of technically married and I felt in a lot of ways challenged by that To The journey I just did was that, you know, I, I still saw myself as married for a while because that's what God had challenged me to do. And But it creates this really weird world where people... Um, people would sort of be like, oh, so are you, like, are you single or are you married? Because people like to put things in boxes, I realised, and I'm like this too. And I think if someone's life or season doesn't sort of fit into the box, it makes us a little bit uncomfortable, like, oh, I don't know what to do with you. Like, okay, good luck with that. See you later. <laughs> um, and it was just this awkward thing because I was like, well, um, you know, I'm not really married anymore. Well, technically, I still am and blah, blah, blah. It just became a weird season and, you know, lovely, well-meaning people you know, would just be like, well, you just need to date and get over it. Like, please don't ever give anyone that advice, just FYI, who's going through a separation. But, you know, people just want you to be okay and sort of put you back in the box. Um, but anyway, during that time, I just remember taking this question to God one day because it was just like this, you know, if you've ever been married then not married, it's really weird because your identity changes because it's so often it's like you're, there's two of you and then you go to one. Or even if you've dated someone in a breakup, it takes a bit of like, your whole life, it's just weird. Um, so I remember sort of taking this question to God and like, what is my, how am I defined in this season? What is my definition? Definition? I just so remember simply saying to him, God, like, am I single or am I married? And before those words had even sort of left my lips, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you're loved. You're loved. And it was like in that moment, he was saying, my ultimate definition of you is love and nothing else matters. And it was like, and that's all you need to know. Right now, that's all you need to know. And I've, I've never forgotten that church because, and it's as true as today, I'm loved. My ultimate definition of myself in Christ is that I am loved. And I love that because God, in that moment, he spoke beyond circumstances into the realm of faith. He spoke beyond what I could see. He wasn't concerned with, really, he wasn't concerned with the definitions of man. He was concerned with his heart for me and his definition of me. And man, that just put a fire in my soul and a security in my step knowing, actually, I'm loved. So no other definition really matters. I love what Brennan Manning says. He's one of my favorite authors. He says, define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Isn't that cool? Pip, can I get the band up? Is that all right? Because we'll worship soon. 
So I just, I just wanted to encourage you with that tonight. And I, I felt like, I felt like tonight God is renaming some of you and he actually wants to redefine some of you. And these are some of the things I felt. I just want to speak them over you. I feel like he's redefining ashes and giving beauty. He's redefining captivity and giving freedom. This is what our God does. He redefines the sick as healed. He calls the forsaken accepted. He calls the rejected loved. He calls the impure pure. He calls the abandoned adopted. He calls the poor rich. He calls the barren fruitful. So whatever it is tonight, that label or something that you've put over yourself, I just believe and want to encourage that God wants to redefine it. He calls things that are not as though they were. He can speak beyond our current circumstance into the realm of faith. We don't have to be defined by the facts of our life or our current struggle. We can be defined by what He says about us. So I just love everyone to close their eyes. And um, I'm not going to prolong this or labour this tonight, but um, I just want to pray for some people that feel that something's just resonated tonight. I, I believe it'll be either when I spoke about pain, that you're actually in a season of pain and God revealing His nature and who you are through that pain. Or, or the other thing I felt is um, you're wanting God to redefine you. You know there's something. And it might be one of the things I talked about. It might be suffering sickness and you're saying, no, I want to believe tonight that I'm healed or I'm, I have been abandoned. I have been rejected by someone close to me but I want to re- let Him redefine me as loved. And all I'm going to ask you to do in a second is to put your hand up. I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. I just really want to pray for you where you are. Because the truth is that you are who He says you are. And that never changes. It's just that we have to discover it and believe it and stand on it. You are who He says you are. You are not who anyone else says you are. You are not your current circumstance, all failures, all your fears, or your current struggle. You are who I say you are, says God. You're loved. So with everyone's eyes closed, if that's you tonight and you just want to say, Beck, yeah, can you just include me in this prayer? I am struggling with my identity. I am struggling with the way I'm defining myself or letting others define me. Or you might be saying, Beck, I'm in a season of pain and I don't know what's going on, but I want allow the pain to draw me closer to God, to know Him more and to know who I am in Him. If that's you, I just want you to stick up your hand and I'm just going to really quickly pray for you. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. A few hands going up. Beautiful. Beautiful. We're just going to really believe anyone else that God's really going to speak. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray. Lord, right now I pray for every person with their hand raised or who's just raised their hand, Lord. Holy Spirit, right now, would you come and flood their mind, not with the facts of their life, but with faith. 
but with your promise, Jesus, with your goodness, I thank you that you do not define them for one second by how they see themselves, by their current struggle. Jesus, you go beyond that to the heavenly realms where we are seated with you. So Jesus, right now, I take authority over each life and I call them loved. I call them whole. I call them accepted. I call them anointed, Jesus. I call them chosen in your name, Jesus. And in those quiet moments, Jesus, would you would you redefine them? Would you redefine them, Jesus? Would you draw them closer to yourself and show them more of who they are in you? I pray, Jesus, even as they wake tomorrow morning, that there'd be a, a sense of newness, a new identity in Christ. And Jesus, if there's pain going on, Jesus, would you come? Would they just allow that pain to draw them so close to you? You heal the brokenhearted God. You are so close to us in seasons of pain. And I thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. And if everyone just can keep their eyes closed, just one more second. We just always love to give an opportunity. If there's anyone here that, actually, you might be going, I don't know what you're talking about. I am who he says I am. Who's like, you might not know Jesus in a personal way. And again, I'm not going to prolong this, but I just really want to give a quick opportunity. If there's anyone here and you are like, actually, I need to start this journey with God. I haven't actually taken that first step. I'm not in a relationship with Jesus. I actually don't know who He is and what He says about me at all. If that's you and you just like me to say a really simple prayer tonight, we ask you to do this publicly because the Bible says if you acknowledge, um, you have to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you will be saved. So if there's anyone here tonight, I'll just, I'll just wait a few seconds. Would you just slip up your hand right now and we're going to pray for you. If there's anyone here tonight that would love to respond to that. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for your church before I hand back over to um, Pip and the team. Would you just stand? Let's just stand together because I think we're going to worship straight after this. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people here. God, I declare that you are a redefining God, that you are going to rename things from tonight, that things we even didn't even know we thought about ourselves. God, would you reveal them to us? Would you bring them to the surface? And we thank you, God, that you use all things. You use our pain, you use our disappointment, you use our struggle to draw us to yourself. I just pray for every person here tonight, God. May they know a deeper depth of who you are. May they go further in knowing who they are in you, Jesus. May you be the rock on which we stand, our unshakable God. And I just pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that every person will walk out of this door with a new confidence, Jesus, knowing that I am who He says I am, that I am who He says I am, and nothing else matters because I am loved. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Pip.